Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bring you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, May 17, marks our 68th show. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists. I'm your host for today's program, Actus Post-Conference Review and Medicare Regulation Update for CDI Professionals. Today's show is our first after our 10th annual conference in Las Vegas last week. It's great to be back on the airwaves. If I sound a little out of breath, it's because we had literally had a fire drill about five minutes before the start of the show. So but we managed to get underway. It was, for the record, it was just a drill. There was no actual fire. <laughs> so I'm joined today uh, by my co-host, familiar co-host, Laurie Prescott. Laurie is the CDI Education Director here uh, uh, with us at Actus uh, and BLR Healthcare in Middleton. Um, she's the developer and lead instructor for the Actus Bootcamp line, um, a former CDI manager, and uh, has recently co-authored the, uh, or excuse me, principally authored the Essential Guide to Supporting Quality Care Measures Through Documentation Improvement, which is a new book through Actus. We're excited to have on the shelves. So welcome back to the program, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce uh, today's industry guest. Um, new, new to the show for the first time with us today is uh, Ronald Hirsch. Uh, Ronald is an uh, MD, FACP, and CHCQM. He is the Vice President at R1 Physician Advisory Services in Chicago, Illinois. Hirsch completed his internal medicine residency at Kaiser Permanente Medical Center in Hollywood, California, before becoming the Medical Director of Case Management at Sherman Hospital in Elgin, Illinois from 2006 to 2012. Um, he's certified in healthcare quality and management on the advisory board of the American College of Physician Advisors, which is a great group. He's also the co-author of the Hospital Guide to Contemporary Utilization Review, and I'm very happy to have him on the show. So welcome to the program, Dr. Hirsch. Thank you. All right. Uh, as I always do, I'm going to start with a poll related to today's topic, and we will ask you guys to weigh in on that, and then we will come back to that uh, after our interview with Dr. Hirsch. So we're asking you, what was your favorite part of the 10th annual Actus Conference? Was it Vegas, baby? You know, hey, we're, we're, in, <laughs> we're in Las Vegas. Vegas is always fun. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I personally enjoy it, but was it the city? Was it the educational sessions, the five tracks of sessions that we offered? Um, was it networking? Very important part. We had close to 2,000 attendees out at the conference this year, so maybe that was it. Um, was it ZDog MD? I, I, I trust most in our audience know who ZDog is. If you haven't seen ZDog, go to YouTube. If I have one takeaway from the show, look him up. He's, he's hilarious and very uh, on point with his commentary and critiques of the healthcare system. Um, and he was amazing, i got to say. We'll get to that later. Or did you not make it this year? Realize that not everyone can make it to the conference. So again, what was your favorite part of the 10th annual Actus Conference? 
those are your choices. We've got about three quarters or 80% of our audience that has voted. So we're going to go ahead and close this out and we will return to this poll um, in just a few moments. All right, so as I mentioned, our guest today is Dr. Ronald Hirsch. Again, welcome to the program, Dr. Hirsch. Thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. You know, we'll, uh, maybe I'll just start by asking you, you were at the conference last week, you presented, and we're going to be sharing a little bit about your presentation today, but uh, was it your first, and if so, uh, what did you think? Did you, did you have any personal highlights of your own you wanted to share with, with the audience? Sure. It, it was my first, and I was really overwhelmed by the enthusiasm of CDI professionals. Um, first of all, I didn't realize it was going to be such a big conference. I mean, there was just a lot of people there. Um, yep. I'll tell you, my favorite part of going to, to conferences like this and the case management conferences is there's never a line for the men's room. <laughs> so it makes it really nice. That is um, true. And I'll tell you, I, I tell you, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> for me, CDI is, is, is a relatively new thing. Um, you know, I was, when I was working in case management, I was aware of CDI and we had some people doing it, um, but it was kind of a separate division. So coming here and um, learning was really like drinking from a fire hose. It was so much amazing information. That's awesome. I'm so glad love, you enjoyed it. Love to hear that. <laughs> I, well, while I was standing in line at the ladies' room because there were always lines there, and uh, teaching my pre-con, you were at the physician advisor pre-con. Did you take home any good little nuggets of information? Oh, beyond a few nuggets. I have pages of notes that I learned. Um, I think one of the big things I learned is that there's as much confusion in CDI about what sepsis is and about acute respiratory failure and malnutrition as there is in the case management world about what's an inpatient versus what's an observation patient. <laughs> uh, it's, wow. It's amazing. It's, yeah. It's complicated. There's different definitions depending on who you talk to and what day you talk to them. Um, the, obviously, the payers have different answers than the providers. It's, it's really amazing. It um, is a crazy world also, we live in. Yeah. I also found it amazing that I mean, things like, you know, functional quadriplegia is a term I had never heard until probably three weeks ago, and yet it has such an important role in documentation. Um, it's it really does. Interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. so glad and that you enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. The um, the precon was great. Dr. Um, Reamer and Dr. Kennedy are just amazing um, teachers. I mean, they know how to teach it. They they understand the nuances of things. And again, to be able to put out all that information in two days was really um, quite remarkable. Well, thanks. We, we appreciate it. It was, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to the conference again in a, in a little bit, but it was definitely a, uh, it's a huge event. I, I call it like planning a wedding times three or maybe times five, but I'm glad, glad you enjoyed mm -hmm. it. It's, it's funny you mentioned the no line for the men's room. We actually have in the past had to convert men's rooms over to women's rooms due to demand and volume. So you're fortunate you, you, you had a men's room to use. <laughs> I think that would require a vote by the men to see whether we want to relinquish control. I, I don't think that's a unilateral decision that we could make. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we could have a discussion <laughs> on that one. Yeah, that's a topic for discussion. All right, so let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, Dr. Hirsch, your session. You you um, you you presented an hour breakout on Medicare regulation update, practical application for CDI professionals. Can you talk a little bit about what you covered? Sure. So the 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 real basic basis of what I talk about is the fact that um, case management and UR people are in the chart looking at documentation, reviewing things. CDI is in the chart looking at documentation, reviewing things. And it, it why not keep, instead of having those so siloed, let's learn what each other does so that while we're in the chart reviewing our main task, so for CDIV, looking at documentation for coding, et cetera, we can also understand what our colleagues are looking for. So if we see something that stands out, um, we can bring it to the attention of the physician and perhaps avoid a second person having to contact them. So physicians, you know, again, we're, they're being told how to document for inpatient versus ops. They're being told how to document or suggest how to document for um, CDI. If we all understand that, it's going to make it easier on the physicians. Um, I really start my talk, I, I talked about how um, facetiously it's not easy being a physician and that we have really all these conflicting targets. Um, we have E&M coding, evaluation management coding. So when we bill for our services, we have to put in a code to describe the level of service we provided, and there's specific documentation requirements there. Um, we have, again, CDI talking about how to um, improve MCC and CC documentation so that we can um, you know, get, get a higher reimbursement for the hospital, but also improve or get more days in length of stay based on the geometric mean length of stay. Um, we're now starting to hear from insurance companies coming into their office making sure that we're documenting for HCC coding because they want to capture all those HCCs so they can get more money for Medicare. Then we have documentation for medical necessity. Does the patient actually need to have their joint replaced? So we have all these documentation things happening. And then on top of that, we have to understand that medical advances are happening all the time. So new, new medications, um, you know, new treatments, new surgeries, and we have to keep up on all that. So it's really, it's almost overwhelming for physicians to, um, to keep up with things. Um, you're, also, you're absolutely you know, right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that it's also, um, you know, and we're being, we're being kind of pressured all around. Not only are we advancing things in medicine, but we're also finding out that old treatments that we've been doing for years are no longer effective. And that kind of throws physicians for a loop. You know, so one day we're told sepsis means one thing. The next day suddenly the definition of sepsis changes. How can that be? Or that a, a drug we thought was great, now we find out it doesn't really work. You know, it, it's it just... For the brain, it's tough to handle all these compete competitions. You know, I'm listening to you, and, and we often discuss that in our, our boot camps, that we all have to step out of our silos, of our own little knowledge base, and make sure that we are consistently communicating to the physicians, because we can't send mixed messages. So, you know, I very much appreciate what you're saying, because you're, you're speaking the voice of what I hear from providers all the time that, you know, it's an ever-changing world from day to day, and 
depending on who's speaking to them, they may get an entirely different set of directions. I myself am really confused about medical necessity, and you, you know, you brought that up. We have the two midnight rule that I think was supposed to clarify things, which made it even more confusing. Um, how can I, as a CDI, work with my physicians to um, assist them in documenting to support patient status, inpatient status, um, making sure they're in the right, right bucket, mm -hmm. so to speak? Well, I, th I think the first thing that I taught in my, my talk was what the two midnight rule really is. I mean, here, here CMS came up with this concept in October of 2013 of counting midnights. Um, I don't know if there's anybody other than the billers who bill days by where the patient occupied a bed at midnight um, who considered midnight as relative to anything. I mean, most of us are sleeping at midnight. Why is it suddenly a very important time period? So if the CDI can understand how Medicare came up with this rule and how to count the rule, the days, and what it means, Again, when they're reading the chart, they can see maybe here's an inpatient admission. I'm, I'm looking for CDI opportunities, but yet this is a patient who's only going to require one midnight in the hospital. Maybe the status is wrong, and I should talk to one of my UR colleagues or the physician about whether we need to do a status change. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, come it's... hear me talk. Exactly. No, I, I, and it's so important to, like, like you said, to, I, I love your thoughts about not duplicating efforts. I think we sometimes forget that the physician at the end is, is doing a lot of administrative work mm -hmm. and um, a lot of pressures on the hospital too, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to in, our, in the news segment, but I, but I, I really love that example right. there. Um, I, I could also add, let me, as, as, I, as I think about it, the other thing is imagine as a CDI person, you do a lot of work and you query and you get all great documentation for an inpatient admission, and then that admission gets denied because there was never medical necessity for inpatient admission. All your efforts just went for nothing. Yeah, that's huge, and as we're seeing, that's yeah. where the recovery auditors are, are, you know, although they are downgrading DRGs, although they are you know, even doing automated reviews of outpatients. You know, most of their most of their recoupments are, are, as you mentioned, just mentioned on the on the patient status side, and they can deny the whole stay and force a hospital rebuild under Part B. And it's it's a huge it's a huge area, I think, of weakness, but also opportunity for CDI to uh, to help. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, maybe I thought you know. For those that don't know, uh, Dr. Hirsch, she's, she's very active on um, ICD-10 Monitor, and, and I mentioned the, Ameri the, uh, the physician group you're a part of, uh, Dr. Hirsch as well, the uh, American College of Physician Advisors. You're, you're very tuned into healthcare. Um, you stay on top of the regs. You do a great job of keeping up with news and breaking them down in an understandable way. You know, and I, I try to share, um, you know, with my In the News segment, some of the things that are going on in healthcare, but I, I would say I'm not nearly as tuned in as you are when it comes to this stuff. So I thought maybe you could share with our audience some of the, the resources that you use to stay on top and you might recommend to CDI professionals, you know, be that listservs or websites, newsletters, podcasts, to stay on top because I know these Medicare rules and regs change all the time, like you just mentioned with the, the two midnight rule. Sure. 
So the two things I would recommend is one is rackmonitor.com, um, which puts out a um, almost every week on Thursdays they'll have a set of articles that are um, pertinent to to current regulations, and they do a Monday morning podcast um, that kind of starts the week with what's you know what happened the last week and what may be happening in the upcoming week. So Rack Monitor is a very good source. And then as far as a listserv, there's a great listserv called Rack Relief, which is a Google group started by a physician in Wisconsin, um, which now has, I think, over 2,000 um, followers. And wow. you can actually get to that. Anybody can sign up. You can get to it. There's a link on my personal website, which is ronaldhirsch.com. And as long as you have a Google account, you can sign up for Rack Relief. I'll warn you, you may get overwhelmed with emails. There are some days when it's 30 to 50 comments being posted about current topics. Um, also, if you're a little sensitive um, to um, people insulting payers and insurance companies and government agencies, you may be careful because we occasionally get very, um, very honest and, and personal on, on that listserv. No holds barred, let's put it that way. Yeah. So those are two good sources. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a member of that myself. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's a lot of so fun. it's a traditional email listserv. They they just come into your inbox once you signed up. Yes. And you can get them as yeah. they pop up or you can do a, a um digest where you'll get one email a day that has a listing of everything that was discussed. Nice. Nice. Well, I really appreciate that and, and thanks for sharing some of your expertise and um, I hope folks had you know enjoyed your session I watched a little bit of it last week and you did a did a great job so looking forward to thank you more here um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll go back to our poll result we'll pull that up and share our results so again we asked our audience um, what was your favorite part of the 10th annual actus conference well three-quarters did not make it that doesn't surprise me you know we we have we had again we had over 1600 attendees and if you add in all of the exhibit staff speakers we had close to 2000 but um, you know we have 20,000 CDI professionals nationwide so um, three-quarters did not make it but of those that did dog MD came out on top with the majority <laughs> vote uh, followed by educational sessions you know, Z-Dog was, I, I, I think he had some really educational things to say, albeit mixed in with some amazing stories and humor and fun and rap videos. And <laughs> he was great. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could speak like him. Yeah. I, 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 I got to say, I don't know if you, if you saw him, Dr. Hirsch. He, we, we've had some great speakers yeah. over the years. We've had some really good speakers. Um, I haven't been disappointed with any keynote we've ever had at Actus, but this guy... Uh, he 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 blew everything I've seen away. I I, I was just yeah. in awe of his talent, and I was in the front row. And the fact that he's not only a physician and, and a brilliant guy, but um, you know can rap, can sing, is mm -hmm. a natural comedian. It's like wow, polymath, yeah. I guess you call him. Absolutely. I don't know what you thought of him. I, yeah, I you know I thought it was a very interesting contrast to the first keynote. Um, Sorrell King yes. talking about Josie's story, where in that talk I walked out so motivated to go back to work to do good stuff for patients, to, to remember right. that the patient is at the center of all this. 
and then you it kind of depressing at the same time and then you get to his talk and it's like wow how uplifting how fun you know the stories about his father it was just it was it was just cool it was a great um, great selection of keynotes so I really give you credit for that can I make another comment about the survey that I thought was really interesting um, go right ahead and I hear I hear around the, you know the 75 percent that did not attend um, I hear around the country that there's a um, a moratorium on travel and education by hospitals. So they can't afford to send someone to a conference. And I look at some of the numbers I see, and, and if a CDI professional goes to a conference like this and is able to upgrade one surgery from a, a no, no comorbidity or complication to an MCC or a CC, you paid for that conference 10 times over. You know, so why do, why do hospital administrators not let CDI and, and case manager go to these conferences where they can learn things and pay for themselves, again, 10 or 20 times over? It's just baffling to me. Thank you. I did not pay you to say that, by the way, just for the audience. No. <laughs> that, was, that was not scripted. Uh, but it's, it's true. I, I, I would agree with you. You know, it, this, if you pick up one thing and you've got two and a half days, if you learn one, one actionable item that you can take back with you, um, then it yep. really has paid for itself. So, yeah. All right. Do appreciate that. At this point, uh, we will move on to our In the News segment. Uh, in the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Um, since we have you on the show, Dr. Hirsch, I wanted to discuss a fascinating article you wrote recently for uh, Rack Monitor. Uh, admitting more inpatients to appease your CFO. You should be seeing that on the on the screen here. Um, it can be found on the rackmonitor.com website. Now, we, we talked about this maybe a little bit, alluded to it with the two midnight rule discussion earlier. Um, but, you know, it, I, I find this just a fascinating topic. You know, it, it, it's just a relentless tension. You have the hospital CFOs who's charged with the bottom line and, and Despite the move to ambulatory, we still see inpatients and DRG payments is really the, still the bulk of hospital payment. But at the same time, there's this heightened regulatory awareness, rack scrutiny of short stays, that's an easy target, two midnight rule, and then that doesn't even mention things like, you know, technology you alluded to again earlier, that's move, we see that inpatient only list uh, shrinking. Um, telehealth, other initiatives that allow patients to be seen in the ambulatory setting or even at home. You know, this is a good thing for the average taxpayer. It drives down costs, which is good, but it also knocks down hospital revenue. And, and you can see why there'd be pressure to admit more patients um, and, and admit maybe these borderline patients that could potentially be treated as outpatient. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on case managers, physician advisors, and also indirectly CDI. Um, can you talk about this article a little bit? I thought it was very well written. I recommend people check it out and uh, this and this whole situ situation I just described. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, it's a you know it's a common scenario again where we're because the income of the hospital is diminishing, we're looking for ways to increase it. And I'm I'm a compliance guy. I mean th there are regulations out there. And we, do, we have to follow them. Whether they're financially beneficial to us or not, we've we got to follow the rules. I, I think when a, when a CFO or any hospital executive or, or manager asks somebody to stretch the limits to, to increase 
income or revenue, it, it, it's just, it's crossing the line to me. What I think those people need to do is not try and get us to, to admit more people, but let's talk to the payers in Medicare about paying us more for outpatients, right? The reason we want more inpatients is because they pay better. But if an outpatient, if we're losing money on every outpatient, if we just can somehow can explain to them that we, they need to increase the payment structure for outpatients for observation, we won't be so upset about having fewer inpatients. Um, we just have to, you know, follow the rules. We can't jeopardize our hospital's um, accreditation. Our board has a fiduciary, um, you know, obligation to the community to following the laws. There's, there's lots of things involved. We just, we can't take those chances. I, I agree with you. And in, in reading your article, you talk about um, encouraging the physicians to document about the severity and the signs and the risk of adverse events to, to help support the need for that inpatient admission. And, you know, I speak a lot about that, that physicians have difficulty documenting their medical decision making and what's going on in the background. Um, they're very good about pointing and clicking and giving us a diagnosis but they're not as good about telling that story behind it. How do you encourage physicians to, to better document the thought process in their yeah. brain as to why that patient needs to be in an inpatient bed? Well, you know, I think it's, it's really reminding them what we learned in medical school applies today. When, when we were in young, in, you know, in training, we were told to make our H&P long and describe everything that's going on going on inside our brains and use all those big words like hyponatremia and hypokalemia and encephalopathy that we, that we learned in school to describe what we're thinking about as we look at this patient. And if you use those big boy words or, or med school words, everything's going to fall into place right behind it. Um, one of the docs did a, had a great term for what's happening to our medical record. He calls it chartomegaly. So the chart has <laughs> I become... Love that. <laughs> yeah, bloated and full of unnecessary crap that doesn't do anything to help the patient or help any other provider understand what's going on with the patient. So we have to treat trilomegaly as a disease and figure out what's causing it and how can we fix it. That's excellent. I, I like that description. Trilomegaly, all right, that's the word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I really appreciate it, Dr. Hirsch. And we're, we're going to just wrap up here in the last few minutes with our ACTUS update. This is a regular feature, bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of ACTUS. Of course, today I'd like to just spend the last few minutes expressing my gratitude for, you know, frankly, for 10 years of ACTUS as celebrated at our 10th annual conference last week in Vegas. You know, I'm going to just show you a couple pictures. We're going to be doing a special uh, section about the conference um, in in the in the weeks to come, but just a few photos. So this is a whoop, we're a little ahead of ourselves there. This is a this is a look at I'm I'm way over on the left. I'm that dots. We had a huge crowd again of folks that were uh, I think I'm in slideshow mode showing up to the conference. Um, you know we had uh, um, this is on the left is uh, Z Dog MD. This is my event producer. Shannon Sorella, who runs an amazing team here, um, and that's yours truly on the right. Yes, I shaved my beard off. Uh, but Z-Dog, Z again, immense talent, as we've seen. Here he is here, um, 
he took selfies with probably over 200 people after his session. He was amazing. You mentioned Sorrell King, uh, Dr. Hirsch. There she is there. She did book signings of Josie's story for us. She told an inspiring story. Those two people up front, there's Laurie Prescott giggling with Shannon uh, McCall. They taught our two-day risk adjustment class at the conference. Uh, this here is the entrance to our exhibit hall. We had more than, I think it was 57 exhibitors. Uh, we had a, uh, a show with aerialists at the conference. They, there they were overhead presenting. Um, somehow I got roped into laying on the lap of, uh, <laughs> of our... Uh, <laughs> Of, of a local chapter, and um, that was that 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 was a lot of fun. This last one here was was the one we shared of uh, Actus leaving the building at the end of the conference. We kind of tied that into the Elvis theme in Vegas. Hotel put some really nice touches on with some flowers for us. Um, it was the MGM Graham did a nice job. This one here is our exhibit hall. Uh, excuse me, our registration desk. So, you know, really a. Uh, just a, a, a great time. I had a blast at the conference. Um, I hope you all did too. I don't know if you have any any closing thoughts or, or comments that you guys wanted to share with our audience on what I thought was, you know, I always say it, but I, I really do think this this was um, our, our best conference yet. It was just a great venue, great crowd, great speakers. Uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. It's always a ton of work, but in the end, it is extremely rewarding because you know so much of what we do here at Actus and in and, and today's and the world at large is all virtual you know it's all emails and phone calls and even Actus radio which I think is a fun show it's it's all remote I don't get to see our audience but when you're at the conference you get to see them face to face and it's a rare opportunity and it's always worth it so any final comments from you guys at all I think that's I the agree. piece I, I enjoy the most. Yep, the upfront yeah. and interface, and with a bunch of people that want to talk the same language I do. So it's it's um, it gets you invigorated to continue doing what you do. Right. It's a great time, and um, I do want to thank uh, Dr. Hirsch for being on today's show and speaking at the conference. I hope to have you on again um, down the line. You did a, a nice job today. Um, thank you. But that will do it for us here. We're going to be back again in two weeks for our next program. Um, we're going to have a guest on, uh, another name who's uh, who's been in the industry. He's been on the show before. Uh, Glenn Kraus is going to be talking about a process for record review excellence that he believes CDI should follow. That will be on Wednesday, May 31. But if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, or any other general comments about Actus Radio to help us improve, you can send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. All right, that will do it, everyone. We'll see you back here in two weeks, and thanks for joining us today. Again, Dr. Hirsch and Laurie, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. -bye.